The Outlet. The Talk of Queenstown. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. In this podcast, we discover two great events for Queenstown. First, I catch up with Anna and Joe to talk about the Chinese New Year festivities at Airburn Precinct, including the Airburn Noodle Markets, Feb 10th and 24th, and 15 days of celebration. We discuss the rich traditions of Chinese culture and how that will be brought to life. Plus, I speak with Elisa from Plunkett and Margot from the Arrowtown Creative Art Society about the annual Plunkett fundraiser that is stepping it up a notch for 2024 with Gardens and Galleries Feb 8th to 11th. It's your chance to explore some of the region's best gardens and art galleries and raise much-needed funds for Plunkett's important role in the community. You're listening to The Outlet, the talk of Queenstown. In this interview, I chat with Anna and Joe to talk about the vibrant world of Chinese New Year festivities at Airburn Precinct. We explore the exciting culinary experiences and cultural celebrations in this highly anticipated event. Anna, Joe, welcome to the Outlet Podcast. Hi, Brent. Thank you for having me. Hey, Joe. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Brent. It's lovely to be on here with you. You're very welcome. Joe, can you please tell us about the Airburn Noodle Market event happening on February 10th and 24th? What can visitors expect in terms of food vendors and styles of food? Look, Brent, at Airburn, we've got this beautiful natural amphitheatre that's called the Dow. It's the most enchanting space and it really does set the stage for the most extraordinary events. We actually had our Christmas markets in this space just before Christmas and this time round we're having the wonderful Chinese New Year festivities. As you approach the Dow and walk through the precinct at Airburn, beautiful, vibrant Chinese decorations will greet you, including a very impressive 8-metre inflatable dragon that's actually got LED light, so it's worth staying a little bit later to check those out. And visitors will be, look, instantly immersed into the spirit of this very, very special occasion for our Chinese friends. Throughout the evening, visitors will explore a feast of their senses with our array of Asian fusion delight. These dishes are going to include the traditional Chinese dumplings, which is a very important food eaten, which Anna will tell us a little bit more about. We've got noodle dishes from the number eight noodle bar, which is a brand new pop-up noodle bar in Five Mile. Refreshing bubble tea from our Wucha friends beside the number eight noodle bar. And an assortment of delights like bear buns. We've got ramen from Japan's New Zealand, which is the pop-up food truck. Taiwanese fried chicken, green tea, wee bit of a twist here, green tea waffles on a stick, which I had the delight to actually taste last Thursday, actually. They're absolutely beautiful. So lots of other dishes in there as well, but that's just a few to pick out. Our own Airburn chefs, of which we have an array of multicultures within our team, are going to showcase their culinary skills with dishes such as beautiful Thai beef salad, crispy pork hock with sticky chilli, bang bang chicken roti rolls and we had these beautiful salted caramel donuts at our Christmas market so we've thrown those in for our friends and visitors with a sweet too. But really Brent, our goal for these markets is to provide a really unique experience for our local community, our local Chinese community, our local community full stop and all of our visitors coming to Queenstown for this very special occasion. Look, Eben is really quite a... The surrounding are spectacular out there, so 
you know, paired with some beautiful food, it will really will be a, a wonderful scene for a beautiful celebration. It's really what's happening there on the 10th and the 24th. That's good. Love dumplings. As long as they're shumai, I'll be a happy man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think there will be shumai. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, but I have to highlight one for the number eight noodle bar, which is a new restaurant in Fat Mouth. But they have they will bring their noodle chef to do a hand-put noodle on site, which will be very, very exciting. And then people can watch how the noodle will be made. We believe that fresh-made noodle tastes better, actually. So, yeah, definitely check it out. That would be great. And Anna, there will be traditional Chinese dance performances. So who's going to be doing those? And can you please share more details about these performances and their significance? Yeah, so this group is from Dunedin. They call the Dunedin Senior Dance Association. This group have been in New Zealand for more than five years to ten years. They've been like performing in New Zealand in many, many like important events. And the leader dancer named Wei Di Xu, she is really beloved lady in our Chinese community. She had actually performed in Aerotown before. If you have watched the video of Aerotown Autumn Festival, she was there. She was fantastic. She was on the newspaper. So she will be leading four leaders from her group come to join this event. She will bring four dances here. One famous dance is the fan dance. It's beautiful. Their costume is magnificent. I think people will enjoy it. Oh, that sounds great. Now, the lantern element of the noodle market sounds fantastic, Joe. So can you please tell me what the lantern celebration will entail and what makes it unique compared to traditional lantern festivals? In addition to all the other activities and festivities that we spoke about earlier, we're going to provide a bit of a twist, I guess, on the traditional Chinese Lantern Festival. So for visitors who come out to Eburn, we're going to get them to write messages to put in these lanterns. Traditionally, you would light these lanterns and they would float away into the sky at a traditional lantern festival. However, as we're in opposite seasons to our Chinese visitors, where festivities would normally take place in spring, where you would light the lanterns with a live candle and they would float away. We're unable to do that here. So we've got the most beautiful, beautiful trees out at Eburn. The silver birch might go back 150 years now. So we will hang these lanterns after our visitors have written these notes. Now, to help our visitors write these notes, we've actually got Kenny. And Kenny comes from the Otago Southland Chinese Association, which is a very active association that Anna spoke about. The Senior Association, this is a, a, a subgroup of that. Kenny's going to come and do some traditional calligraphy writing and take some classes so that our visitors can write these messages in the lanterns. What I'm going to do here, or I talk about it a little bit further, is I'm going to hand this over to Anna because Anna's actually going to share with us a little bit of the history of why we're going to write these messages and hang them in the trees. Oh, this is a very interesting history for Lenten. You know, I'm always happy to share the story with my uh, foreigner friend. So Lentons traditionally, we hang them outside on the tree and during the Lenten festival. So people will go out in that day, so the street will light up, and they also will write little note with riddles on them and put it on the lantern. So when you're walking past by the beautiful lanterns, you see the riddle. If you can answer it, you can take the note and there will be detail, you know, of 
some other people, you will meet a new person. So for the purpose of Lantern back then was for socialite. So it's very, very like interesting and fun fact, you know. So yeah, it would be great to have, you know, lanterns around. Like original social media, wasn't it? I know. It's much better than, you know, swiping left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us, Anna. And as I mentioned, the trees. So we'll have a little bit of fun with that. And, and we're also going to include, or invite actually, our local school community to decorate some of these lanterns for us and come out and hang them with their families and Hopefully we'll be able to add the riddle element in there because I think that sounds like a, a really fun activity for people to come out and enjoy throughout the... Um, so that'll be on the 24th, but throughout that 15-day period, we will have lanterns available out at Edburn for people to come and already do some messages if they can't come out and, and then we'll be able to hang them um, hang them in the trees. Yeah, it will be a great gesture. If people can just write beautiful notes, you know, sending wishes to someone, just leap there would be great so that's what's going to happen with our lantern festival but just remembering with the lantern festival we'll still have all of those food trucks and at the lantern festival the otago southlands chinese association is also going to bring over a team of their lion dancers to come and perform some lion dance performances throughout the markets on the 24th so anna what does chinese new year mean to our local community and how do we see locals and visitors enjoying the festivities that Airburn are putting on? In the local Chinese community, to be honest, that we are very small amount of Chinese who are living locally. We normally felt left out when seeing all the major cities have those uh, beautiful Chinese celebrations. So some of us do travel to a big city to join them. And we always wish that locally we can have some events or place we can do this. So when Joe contacted me saying, oh, we're going to do that to celebrate Chinese New Year, I'm so, so happy. And I share all this information with my local Chinese friend, and they are all very happy. We feel like very grateful that what Airburn can do this for, you know, the local community. So very happy. And thank you, Joe. The second thing is that we actually do have a lot of Chinese visitors from over China during the Chinese New Year time. It's a big holiday for us. I'm sure when if they can know the information out, you know, they will definitely love to see. Especially this venue is beautiful. I've been there a few times. It's just stunning. Oh, thank you so much, Anna. So Brent scattered in between all of our wonderful Chinese performances. We've got two local bands going to be joining us on our beautiful Dow stage. We've got Mojo coming out to play on the 10th and the Happy Sundays will be with us on the 24th. You will be able to have a drink, dance and enjoy both traditional Chinese dancing as well as local bands performing out there with us. But I think also another really wonderful aspect, you know, we're going to have the decorations that we are putting up for the Chinese New Year celebration really are quite exquisite. And as I say, I think people throughout that 15-day period, you know, you may not be able to join us for the noodle market on the 10th and the Lantern Festival on the 24th, but throughout that 15-day period, we will have our beautiful decorations. There's fairy lights, which will actually change into different formations throughout the stage they're throughout the Dow and they're throughout wisteria lane and we did have a lot of visitors come out to airburn throughout the christmas market period as well just to look at the spectacular grounds the beautiful surrounds that you're in and also the decorations 
that we have up. You can also, as you're out there, you can come and enjoy a special lychee lemonade. Um, and mixologists have been working away on a lychee cocktail, actually. We have a wonderful cocktail selection out at Earburn. And so the mixologists, MJ and Henry and the team, are busy coming up with a beautiful lychee cocktail. And the team of very talented chefs will have different specials on the menu throughout the venues over the 15 days for all of our visitors and guests to come and enjoy. Oh, that is so good. Oh, this is just a great event, Joe, that's being put on. If people need to find some more information about it, where can they go online? Where's the best place? Absolutely, Brent. If everybody pops on to our Airburn website, which is just airburn.com, and sign up for our newsletters, actually. I was... um, Bopping onto the computer here this morning to chat with you. Um, our Chinese New Year newsletter just popped up, actually. So it was full of information about all of our events, but specifically this one was about Chinese New Year. So jump onto the website, sign up for our newsletters, and then follow both of our social media channels. So we've got our Insta and Facebook. Facebook events are already up for all of these events, so you can follow the progress of any additional activities that we're going to add. Head to the airburn.com website and to our Airburn Facebook and Airburn Insta and you will be able to see what's happening out there. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It just sounds like a wonderful event and all the very best for it. Thank you very much, Brent. We're grateful to have this time. For the latest local news, sport, information and entertainment, download the Queenstown app. This is The Outlet. Elisa from Plunkett and Margot from the Arrowtown Creative Arts Society tell us about the annual Plunkett fundraiser that's being taken up a notch this year with gardens and galleries. It's a unique opportunity to explore the finest gardens and art galleries in the region while contributing to the essential work of Plunkett in our community. Elisa, Margot, welcome to the Outlet Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So can you tell us more about the Gardens and Galleries event happening in Arrowtown and Queenstown and what makes it unique and appealing to garden and art enthusiasts? Yeah, we see in all gardens and galleries, Plunkett have always had a garden festival down here, run on a small scale. And I basically looked at it and thought, well, every other centre's doing a major garden fest and sometimes they include the galleries. Why can't Arrowtown or Queenstown do one? Um, because everyone loves coming here on holidays and why not combine the two? And we have some fabulous galleries down here as well and artists and also some amazing gardens. And that's how the idea basically formed well before COVID. And... We were on track and then with COVID we had to cancel it or postpone it. And then after COVID, I was asked if I'd go back to ACUS, Aritan Creative Arts, because I'd organised a lot of events prior to that. And I said, as long as we can do gardens and galleries, and then I'd already initially spoken to Plunkett, and Plunkett were on board, weren't you? Oh, absolutely. Because they'd been, well, their garden fest, they'd been running for 10 years and felt as if it needed a new injection. I'd spoken to or Paddy Baxter. He's one of Queenstown's leading landscape architects, and he thought it was a brilliant idea as well. Having it and having Margot Robinson's input and from Akis and Paddy Baxter, it has just grown enormously. We are really proud of what 
we have for our offerings. You know, we've got over 17 galleries that are on offer. We've got um, each day there's, you know, eight to ten gardens that are just beautiful and it's just really given Plunkett the opportunity to have a great fundraiser. So, Margot, were you turning people away, gardeners and artists? Um, <laughs> we're still selling tickets. <laughs> There's no limits. <laughs> and historically, when we were Plunkett on our own with our Ackers, it was a one-day event. And now this has really been made with the support of Ackers into a destination event where it's run across a whole period of days, which we'll get into. But having gardens and galleries on the Friday and the Saturday, it's just created so much opportunity that we could open up for community to join us on this this fun ride, really. And the support has been tremendous. So how important is the funding for Plunkett, Elisa? Uh, I mean, it must be crucial to you for things that you do, right? Absolutely. It, al- it always kind of is a question that gives me goosebumps when it, when you ask it. You know, in the Wakatufu Basin area, we have over 1,300 children from the ages of zero to five that are currently enrolled in Plunkett, and that's for health services as well as development programs that we offer. There's 40, 46, 47 high-needs families, and they're high-needs long-term, and over like close to 800 high-needs in the short-term. So where this funding goes is to allow us to provide community services that are non-government funded. So our playgroups, having our rooms open in Arrowtown and Queenstown, and having other groups use those facilities as well. So for example, we've got Tapuna who come into the Arrowtown Centre there on a Wednesday and a Thursday. And this kind of fundraising allows us to open up our centres to other areas that need support. We use this funding for our injury prevention and car restraint services. It allows us to go and provide, you know, first aid for infants to parents as well as kind of swimming programs and those water education programs. You know, it's just not only a safe space for the rooms for children to play and connect and parents to connect, but all our wonderful kind of playgroups that we have out there. It just keeps us afloat. And it's just, I think the most beautiful thing about the community services with Plunkett is it just doesn't impact Plunkett. It has that beautiful ripple effect that it also influences other services in our area that we can support. So it means so much to us and you really do see where the money goes. One of the advantages with this festival is that the money raised is actually staying in the Wakatipu Basin and it's not going to other areas. So it's a huge advantage for Uncut and Please Tunnel, the Wakatipu Basin. And the pressures on parents and carers, um, it's they're very different in, in today's and what they look like in terms of parents having to go back to work earlier, as well as different support. So I feel like in Queenstown, or I don't feel like I know in Queenstown in this region, is that we don't always have families when we've got young young children and we're, you know, we're juggling a lot without that extra support. And that is something that a lot of people comment to say, this is what Plunkett bought me an extra family. I got a new family in a sense because grandparents, aunties and uncles aren't here for that extra support. And that's a big thing that's really significant to our area. Well, Plunk is just such 
a part of the fabric of New Zealand society. I mean, when we had our, our daughters, we had twins. The help that we got with Plunkett and the support was just fantastic. So I'm just so happy that all this money goes to you guys because you do so much more than the days of Plunkett when my younger brothers were born and that was being weighed and looked after and all those things. There's so much more now, isn't there? Oh my gosh, yeah, there is. So there's obviously the healthcare services, but our like government funders services is what brings it together. And there's some really interesting research being done actually worldwide into the impact of health programs for childhood and development programs for childhood. And it's almost what they are saying is every dollar spent, you know, there's return on social investment of around 2 to $17, which is just huge. And if we can get support wrapped around families and children within those first thousand days, the impact of that is so significant for later in life. It's so vital and important. So it's good that we're starting to see those statistics and where actually this funding helps and the impact it has on child development um, and family development. So Margot, what can uh, attendees expect for the three-day Gardens and Galleries event? What are some specific highlights or must-visit gardens and art galleries that you'd recommend? I know you don't want to play favourites with anybody, but you know. My first thoughts was just every garden and every gallery, there's a highlight there. I mean, just starting with the galleries, they've been so generous that I would say the majority of them, Lisa, are doing artist talks as well. Yeah. And these are all complimentary that the galleries are doing, the artist talks. Just to open their doors, it's not often that in our region you have the opportunity to go around to everything all at once. You know, it's normally bitty here and there. So it's lovely. Um, we've had some of the gardens, every garden we go to visit, I'm like, oh, this is my new favourite. This is my new favourite. But I can't differentiate between no. any of them. <laughs> and we've got a cross section of every type of garden. We've got the small gardens, medium gardens. We've got the low maintenance gardens. We've got the park-like gardens. Um, yeah. And also the views down here, the, the vistas are just stunning of the mountains of Coronesha and Remarkables as well. So you've got backdrop of everything as well. Now, this event also includes a twilight opera in Spring Pointer Garden. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That sounds fantastic. This is the fourth opera we're doing down here. Originally, it was my idea to bring the opera down the Auckland Opera Studio. They do a similar one at Matakana every year. And initially, well, started... We had two before COVID, so when was COVID, 2019 or something. So we had two there, and they were instant success, the operas and, and the different singers. And it's also giving the opera singers an opportunity of performing in New Zealand and also giving them work as well. We used to have them at Birchwood Gardens, and then now we've gone to Spring Pointer Garden. Ticket sales are selling well once again for that. People go along with their picnics and wine or otherwise you can order a hamper and that's there on site to pick up when you enter. Speaking of that, so where can people buy tickets online and find out the latest information? Sure, so tickets are still available online at Sea Atamira as well as you can also head to the Arrowtown Creative Arts Society ACUS um, webpage and they're available there. Jump online, order those tickets. You can also get them on the day if you like. We're having the hubs from the Mill Conference Room, the Melbourne Conference Centre for the hubs for gardens and galleries. 
and people are coming there to pick up their maps for the gardens and the galleries and tickets will be available to purchase whether it's for the gardens and galleries or whether it's for an opera ticket. And then we also have our wonderful community who have donated prizes for our raffle and a Simon auction, which will also be at the Millbrook Hub on um, Friday and Saturday. So it's all very exciting. We're getting near. Yeah, that sounds really great. Well, thank you so much for the work you do at Plunkett. Thank you so much for the creative work that you're doing in the area. And it's been really great to chat to you today. Thank you very much. On Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, The Outlet, the talk of Queenstown. Thanks for listening to The Outlet, your local interview podcast for Queenstown. Now, if you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on The Outlet podcast, get in touch by using the contact button on your Queenstown app. The Outlet is produced and published by the Queenstown app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. All episodes of The Outlet are available on the podcast button on your Queenstown app and wherever you get your podcasts.